Good morning, everyone. I want to give you just a moment to define courage in your mind. What do you think about when you hear the word? It can be either a biblical definition or just a definition of what you think. Maybe going into battle, strong, brave. Take a minute to define that in your mind. My hope is by the end of this that you will have a little bit of a different definition of courage. I have to be honest. I initially turned this opportunity to share with you down because of a lie from the enemy spoken into my heart by someone I love. It took root as a seed in my heart. I allowed my thought life to water that seed of a lie and took the belief that I had no ground to stand on and speak to you about courage that I was too worldly and had failed publicly too many times to be able to do justice to his truth without manifesting hypocrisy. And so I said no. And then, a week later, I had just finished the final chapters of Lioness Arising, which I cannot recommend passionately enough to you. If you do not own it, run out and buy it. And if you cannot afford it, come find me and I will get it for you. So I had just finished these chapters after a long night of no sleep with a sick little one, and went to take a much-needed shower. I had just read Lisa Bevere's words about God whispers and stirring in the hearts of his daughters. And then, right there in the shower, the Lord started to say what I am about to speak into your heart from him. And I literally started to tear up out of honor that he would dare to use this broken vessel to infuse and empower you with his courage today. So, here is my truth. I often allow fear and past failures to hinder me from saying out loud what is on my heart. I fear the voices of others saying, look at where you have fallen before, and how can what you say be true? And I allow that fear to plant a seed of doubt from the enemy that I won't be able to do the Lord justice because of where I have made mistakes, of where I have failed as a mother, daughter, sister, wife, or even friend. And then I realized that sadly, so often these seeds of lies from the enemy are planted by fellow believers, not even from those who are still in darkness. I know you have experienced this too because you are here and because you're human and still breathing and because we all bump into each other and wound each other. It doesn't escape anyone because we live in a fallen world and we are all broken in different places. And because of this, we often allow our thought life to water these enemy seeds and steal our passion and courage. For you and for me, these seeds that hurt and hinder could be shadows from your past. They could be words uttered in anger from a friend, parent, or spouse that drowned out the God whisper in your redeemed soul. Or they could be places and secrets buried deep that you are afraid to let the light in on. All of these scenarios need his healing love, his quiet whispers of truth being washed over the lies to uproot your seeds of doubt and fear, and his courage being infused into your spirit and mind. He is waiting to lend his courage to you. He is waiting for you to ask and then be still and expectant to receive. Expectant. That is the key. Many of you have read a very short Cliff Notes version of our story last spring. There are so many more facets and testimonial opportunities within our story that God taught me that could take days, if not weeks, to share. The theme in it all, though, has been that I was not strong. At no point did my strength or courage or resolve come from me, but from His Spirit within me. So when I was asked to speak on courage, 
because the speakers thought that my journey with my husband's brain tumors took courage, I literally got chills down my arms because courage was certainly not what came to mind when I thought back to that time. But the Lord whispered to me that it was never my courage I was supposed to speak about, but His, His courage, His love, His refuge. I walked through that time praying and trusting expectantly. The Bible says, be strong and courageous in at least 11 verses that I could count. And I think that this is what we typically associate with courage. The marching into battle, the soldiers, the wall of Jericho, that valiant bravery is what we think of, right? And it is true, and it was a true picture of courage. But I want us, and I believe more importantly that God wants his daughters to rethink courage a little bit, to give our perception of what that means a makeover, so to speak. I read somewhere once that it's really more of a chain of courage, and I think that's a really good visual for those baby steps of faith linked together by putting your life entirely in his hands as a daily choice. Courage is not a special gift reserved only for the most outgoing and bold. It is attainable also as a quiet resoluteness. It's not exclusive to the confident. Some of the most courageous moments in my life were when I was the most terrified and unsure of my footing. I've often used this analogy to explain those scary times in our life, particularly when Paul and I were walking through tumors and surgery and chemo and radiation. I would say, you know those freely suspended roller coasters, the ones where your feet dangle over the edge? Well, when my husband and I walked through those moments, I can remember likening the peace I was feeling as a result of knowing how big my God was and how much he loved my husband, like being freely suspended in the palm of his hand during that time. And that's really the beauty of this whole thing, this whole journey of life with its ups and downs. The God who created you, who created the very universe and everything you love in it, is inviting you into a deeper faith into a courageous adventure that starts by seeking Him. The Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 16, 13-14, being on your guard and standing firm in the faith, being men and women of courage, being strong, and most importantly, doing everything in love. I love Chuck Swindoll's summary of this verse. He says, The real tests of courage are the inner tests like remaining faithful when nobody's looking, like enduring pain when the room is empty, like standing alone when you're misunderstood. Think about it this way. The Bible states that we are made in the image of God. That means that many of his attributes are already within us. Among those attributes is courage. His courage is already in you because of you being created in his image. We already have everything we need within us, and we need to seek Him and ask Him to awaken and develop His godly attributes, including courage. So how do we begin exercising courage in our lives? Well, there are honestly many areas of application we could cover, but the three that would be most applicable to us, I think at this time, are one, courage in parenting, two, courage in marriage, and three, courage in prayer. First of all, courage in parenting. One of the biggest struggles, I think, in parenting is just sometimes going against the popular culture. 
Now, this doesn't just mean the battle between should I give my kids goldfish or Annie's organic bunnies, which sometimes can seem like a struggle. But this is the harder stuff. The who are my children allowed to associate with? Who are they going to be allowed to spend, have spend the night parties with? Are we going to give them a cell phone? What are we going to allow them to watch? What are we going to be infusing into their brains? It can really get overwhelming when you truly are a parent waking up on this first day as the, a parent on this day and trying to just do the right thing. But God can infuse his wisdom and discernment and his courage to take a stand and to do the right thing for the good of that generation. It's one of the hardest things sometimes is just teaching integrity when popularity seems to be so much more paramount in our society. Teaching our kids to want to do the right thing for the right reason sounds like such a simple sentence, but it can be so difficult. I think this is an area where real courage really does require wisdom, and we have to pray that wisdom and discernment into our life to be able to teach our children to be men and women of courage for the next generation. I recently read a Christian seminar that had polled the parents in the audience on how often they told their kids per week to be careful and be safe. And then after some time of being able to calculate that number, the speaker said, okay, now how often do you tell them to be bold, courageous, or to stand up for what's right or for others? The speaker went on to postulate that there are societal consequences in raising a generation of people who believe that there is nothing more important than their own personal comfort and safety. This was adapted from an author, David E. Prince. Now, I am by no means encouraging you to raise a bunch of brass children who muscle their way through life, but I am encouraging you, and me especially, to reevaluate who we are in front of our children. Do we cower at healthy confrontation? Do we let our kids see us gossip about our friends rather than facing or resolving issues? Do we let them see us stand up for what is right? Or do we always keep silent to fit in? I am certainly not sitting here speaking from a platform of superiority, but rather from a humble place of being guilty of each of these. I would like to encourage us as a community and as a village, so to speak, to begin thinking differently about our parenting, to have enough collective courage to raise a generation of children who are secure in who God created them to be. Next, I'd like to speak a little bit about courage in our marriages, which sometimes can seem like the most difficult place to have it. One of the most compelling messages in the Bible is having the courage to love sacrificially. And I can think of no place or no scenario where this is more difficult. Now, you may laugh initially and think that parenting is more sacrificial, but somehow, since those children are such a part of you, it doesn't seem as hard to change a billion diapers. But picking up your husband's dirty underwear that keep, he keeps throwing on the floor right next to the dirty hamper, oh girl, that can be sacrifice. The words love and courage probably were not the ones that you wrote together in the same sentence at the beginning of this exercise. But my hope is that after these few minutes together, you will at the end. You see, Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says to be imitators of Christ and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That is a beautiful image. Are you in a beautiful season in your marriage? If you are, that's wonderful. 
I encourage you to begin praying together if you aren't already for a fortress of protection around that beautiful season and bond you share. And pray also for God to show you where he could use your example of a strong marriage to help others who may be in need of some positive influence in this world. One of the most difficult things, if you are in a tough season, can be the courage to stay. Our culture tells us that our happiness is all that matters and that we deserve what we want. Now, I'm not saying that is all wrong. I do believe we deserve to be respected in marriage, to have a voice, and to have a partnership. But I do not believe I deserve to walk out the door at any and every whim that my needs aren't being met. That doesn't take courage. Staying does. Facing it and saying, we will walk through this together because we are committed, takes courage. Now, I feel at this point that I must say as a side note, because of the broken world we live in and because of the size of this group of women that convenes together, that someone here or someone you know may be going through something much more serious than dirty underwear or feeling unappreciated. And to you, I will say this. If someone is being hurt or in an unsafe or unfaithful situation, there is courage in saying enough. The leaders in this group are here to pray with you and help you, so don't continue in silence if you need support. I won't belabor belabor that any further, but I do feel it is imperative that you know that we as a community and a church would never encourage you to be sacrificial in a dangerous situation. Quite the opposite is true of this amazing community of strong women. Last, I would like to cover courage in prayer with you. This is the last one we will speak about, but absolutely the most important. This is where it all begins, truthfully. If this courage we seek in our parenting and in our marriage comes from God, then there is no better place to start than by asking for courage to pray about courage in every facet of your life. When I was researching courage in the Bible to give this talk, and there are so many verses we could cover, The most compelling thing that stood out above all the bravery and all of the battles, the one that stood out the most to me at least, was David in multiple verses across multiple books of the Bible stated, to God, your servant has found the courage to pray. What a humble visual of what courage really means. We need to pray and seek for courage to speak the lie the enemy has been whispering to you out of your life. Maybe for you, that lie is that you're never enough. That if you could just do more, clean more, be more, love more, you would be enough. Maybe the lie stems from a struggle in your marriage with impurity or pornography. This struggle may have left little lies all over the place in your marriage. Maybe the lie that is being whispered to you is that you have a perfect marriage and that you have it all figured out and that you don't need God. Either way, in every circumstance, it takes boldness, specificity, and courage to pray to the one who loves you, who adores you just as you are, and who cherishes the truth that you are enough. You already have all of his attributes in you. Pray to him that he would reveal what he sees when he looks at you, what he believes about your marriage, what he believes about your parenting, and most importantly, what he believes about the woman he created you to be. 
So I encourage you, pray for your marriage. Pray for your parenting. Pray for your friendships and their influence because they truthfully do influence each of these areas. You know, there's a saying that I'm sure we've all heard at one time or another that you are the sum of the top five people you surround yourself with. That gave me a lot of pause for thought when I initially heard it. And I'd love for you to ponder it as well. Now, I'm not saying by any means to change your friends. I'm sure they're all wonderful. I'm just saying evaluate and begin to take notice of what you and your friends spend the most time talking about when you are together. Are you commiserating over your marriages and your husbands and your children or circling up to pray? Are you praying over your friends' lives and their children's lives who are undoubtedly going to be an influence in your children's lives? Are they doing that for you? Keep your friends, love them, and do life with them. But if you don't already have this, begin to pray for a few women you can pray with. The Lord says in Matthew 18, 20, that where two or more are gathered in his name, he is there also. There is power in praying together, ladies. This is a place where you will truly be able to see the courage in prayer start to blossom. Now, I love every single one of my friends across my lifespan and across different circles for so many different beautiful reasons all of them. But the small group of people I pray with and get real with, the ones I know that are boldly praying for hedges of protection around my marriage and my children, and I'm doing the same for them, that's a sweet spot. A beautiful place where passions and boldness and courage have flourished. When you read Lioness Arising, and I really hope that you will read all of her books, you will see the beautiful analogies of banding together like lionesses to do life protect your mate and children, and raise future generations to do the same. Now, right now, at the end of this, I want you to take just a minute to redefine courage in your own heart and mind. What do you think of when you hear the word courage now? Has it changed? And if so, how? And most importantly, where will you begin to pray and ask for courage in your life? So in closing, I encourage you to start today right where you are. Pray for God to reveal where he sees courage already in your life and where he would like to instill and develop his courage in you. Pray boldness into each of these areas of your life we talked about. Parenting, marriage, friendship, and your prayer life itself. And then be still and quiet and listen and be expectant and prepare to be amazed and encouraged and emboldened.